That's amazing. You you basically built this app in Bubble. No, it's a no code. That's right. App uh, builder, and they they run their business on it. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast was recorded in person at ZeroCon in New Orleans in August of 2022. To learn more about ZeroCon, visit ZeroCon.com. That's X-E-R-O-C-O-N.com. And now, on to the episode. Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast. We are in New Orleans, in person, live. David, I can reach out and give you a high five. I, I want a high five. Oh, oh, somebody else is here. Hi. Hey, Chad Davis is here with us. He's also high-fiving, touching fingers with David and myself. And Chad's the co-founder of LiveCA. Yeah. Also, I, I think, aka, you're the accountant that drives around the RV. That's one way to put it, yeah. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. It's uh, it's sort of the one thing I'm known for, and it'll be my identity. So when I stop, I don't know what I'll have left. Thanks for that. So I have a question on this. Like, <laughs> is the, Obviously, you have a firm, and obviously, because you're in the RV, you have a remote firm. Sure. What came first? This like chicken and egg. Did you like become a remote accountant bookkeeper first, your firm, and then you're like, I can go get an RV now, or did you like, I'm going to have an RV, and because of that, I have to now be a remote firm? Uh, you've been around the block too, David. You know... Uh, what it's like to start and Dave or, and Blake, you and I started right around the same time, didn't we? I think we did. Yeah, except you've you've become much more successful than I ever was. Hey, people define success in different <laughs> ways. <laughs> so uh, let's let's give some people some facts about Live CA. Tell us the high level metrics that uh, you brag about when you're bragging about. No, your firm. let's keep it really short because that's that's no fun. So there's uh, it was two people when we started. My business partner Josh and I. So end of 2012, beginning of 2013, when things started to formalize. Uh, came from the Cayman Islands, where I did a five-year stint uh, doing accounting work down there. Ah, terrible. Horrible life. Life. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Freudian slip. She Hold doesn't, she doesn't listen sorry. to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. <laughs> yeah, she, she will. She will? Okay. She will, she will. Um, so the next bullet is the firm has always been remote, 100% zero, and fast forward 10 years, and we're happily working with about 110 Canadians full-time. And uh, to answer David's question, it was firm first, then RV about five years in. When you work in your basement for five years, you get the itch to travel. And I scratched that itch and bought an RV and have been on the road since 2018. You were like the pandemic trendsetter before working at home and uh, buying RVs became cool. What I found out doing this is that there's a whole bunch of other accountants that have lived in RVs and traveled for longer than a year. And even met another guy who was doing it for 12 years, believe it or not. It's a whole sub-community. You could have a podcast just on that. You could. Well, for being it, accountants. There is uh, the, this community of people who live on the road in RVs, and you're a part of it, right? Yeah. Uh, Blake and I were chatting uh, in the lobby of the Marriott a day or two ago. And yeah, we were chatting about this where there's a whole community called the Escapers, X-S-C-A-P-E-R-S. And what they do is allow uh, a community that's both in person where they do parties and raves in different random spots like Lake Havasu City and in Tucson and in Colorado um, and they get together and they party uh, work during the day party at night so if I look out the window here onto um, where where are we What's just say it's Bourbon Street if I look out the window into the rain is, is your family parked out there in the RV it is, as cool as that would be no but there actually are a couple RVers that have come up to me and said, hey, we drove down from North Carolina wow. and from 
adjacent states. I don't know which ones are which, but they did drive down and do a 12-hour drive here. So it's kind of fun chatting to all these people that have lived and, and traveled in the RV. How do you focus being in that small space with your family? Like, I, I know you set up like a workspace for yourself. We do, yeah. You've got like this cool built-in desk and all the equipment you need. Yeah, it's an actual but, office. But like, I, I know I'm in a house and I have a door I can close. Me and too. I still have a hard time focusing. What do you, you have a door you can close? We do. So if you, if you pause this and, and, and Google Grand Design Reflection 367 BHS, that's the rig we have. And it's 42 feet long. It has what's called a mid bunk. And the mid bunk has a door. So you close the door and you have a fully enclosed office. Oh, man. That's above, amazing. Above that is the loft where one of the kids sleeps. And how many kids? How many Two pets? kids, two dogs, one great wife. Tell me about the tech. So obviously you have, a, you have this office on wheels. Sure. Right? Or as a door, as you said. A door on wheels. But what about the tech? Like, obviously you need internet. Sure. Um, is, do you just have to stop at every KOA and see if they have internet? <laughs> or do you have devices? Like, how do you do this work remotely? Most of us, like, I traveled here and I'm struggling, you know, working on the plane trip here, right? Sure. Losing Wi-Fi. So how do you do it? How do you make it productive? Yeah, you lose respect for money during the process because you realize you have to have redundancies. So the first uh, redundancy we have is a Verizon hotspot. Second is an AT&T hotspot. And these things are older plans that were grandfathered in. In Canada, have the same thing, just with Canadian carriers. And then on my cell phone, for 10 bucks, I can use my, my phone plan down here for 120 gigs. And I can choose between carriers. So I was, at, I was at dinner the other night, and T-Mobile was really horrible inside the restaurant, and I switched over to Verizon and people were in awe. Um, I also carry around a Starlink. So now with the new portability, I can have that anywhere. And That's I, satellite internet? Satellite internet. Uh, so we're up in Nova Scotia right now. We spend three or four months on the southern uh, French coast there. And there's no trees where we're at. So Starlink is easily 180 down, 50 up every day. And it's quite possibly faster than some people in major cities. So, so you really can go around and smash this mindset people have about desktop accounting software. They're like, <laughs> oh, we live in the boonies or we live remote. We don't have good internet. We have to have it's done. desktop software. Like you are smashing the proof and a smashing example that this is not true. David, I talked to a guy in Whitehorse who runs a refrigeration uh, company. And he's like, yeah, we're all up on Starlink here. There's no problem working with you. No problem whatsoever. And does the, can you zoom on uh, Starlink? Can you do video chat? Of course. And it just works like. Yeah. The only issue is that when you're sometimes recording podcasts and they're live connected to something and they're backing up in a non-local environment, uh, you might lose a connection here or there. So it, it blips sometimes. It but, happens to the best of us. But it happens to normal podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, our I hardware. Sorry, guys. I forgot to record. We have to do that again. <laughs> That's only ever happened once. That's funny. Um, but speaking of podcasts. You have your own. With Jason Stats, good friend. Tell us about Automation Town. Sure. So Take us to Automation Town. One of the bullets I probably should have said was that during those 10 years, what we really focused on was creating opportunities for team members. So it meant hiring ahead, finding the trends, giving people opportunities to work in areas that they wanted to work in, whether that was managing a bookkeeping support team, doing more tech consulting, doing more CFO work it allowed them to go and further their career. The same is true for me. So as I moved from different positions within the company, I found that I really enjoyed talking about building stuff and learning about automations. And I was very 
was very skeptical, I think, just like we all are of new technology sometimes. And through that came a love of trying stuff out. And then you find other people that are doing stuff and you realize you really don't know anything. Uh, and you, you know, start a podcast because you're middle-aged and if you're not smoking meat or running a podcast, what are you really doing? <laughs> so, so I think I have <laughs> two questions, trying to figure out which one to ask first. So what's your background? What? Because automation can sometimes be a little scary. Like, did you have an engineering background before? Have you always been a numbers guy? How'd you? I think your comfort level. Not with that. probably dissimilar to to you and Blake. It was it was a love of technology, and that's kind of the area of accounting that you followed a little bit more than the tax and the you know the 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 deep accounting work. So it, yeah, no different. You you just kind of follow what you like. So when you try new things, I bet you that's what the majority of your adult life was like, wasn't it, David? I'm still trying to figure out my adult life. I don't know. <laughs> so what are you here speaking about at ZeroCon? You're on the agenda. Are you going up tomorrow? Main, main stage, I think. Main stage. Wow. Big, big shot. We get to talk to a really, really nice person named Rachel Powell, the chief customer officer. And have you had the pleasure yet? I have not. She is fantastic. And she runs a really great team that is based a lot on positive leadership. And believe it or not, I learned from Rachel that you can get a degree in that and study. And she's include like she's very, very vocal about the the benefits of positive leadership on her team. And after speaking with countless people over the last few days that have been on her team, nothing but raving reviews. And she wasn't even next to them, um, so you knew it was kind of genuine. Uh, her goal is to talk about the customer journey. So she's all about the team members that bring Zero to life, the partners that bring it to customers, and the customers that experience it. So she has a few agendas, and a few of them are to make sure that sort of Zero Central becomes more mainstream, right? That, that thing that sometimes we forget to tell clients exist. There's uh, some small business insights that Zero's creating and releasing now in ZeroCon that will help people sort of benchmark uh, ideas of things where like time to pay and revenue growth and all the stuff that we've seen during some of the presentations and just generally helping move forward some of the products in Zero that um, maybe not have gotten as much love as they have in the past. So when you say customer journey, it's talking about like small businesses or clients and they're on their own journey and it's how you, Zero, Zero's other partnerships is all supporting those clients. Yeah, I'd say so. So just speaking of the clients, and so on that journey, their first step is like, hey, I found an accountant, and they see Live CA. They find out you're in an RV. Is that like, does that scare people away? <laughs> like, like how, <laughs> when do you bring that up in the relationship? Right away, because okay. you look like you're in an RV sometimes. I mean, you have a plant. Oh, the video. I, I mean, guess you have the if video. you don't have a plant behind you with a light, I mean, are you really even <laughs> a virtual worker anymore? Um, so it's a fake plant, of course. But the... The answer to that is we own it really upfront. Like everybody's working remotely, they always have. And typically people find you because they agree with something that you have on your website or they were told that you stand for or that you're good at something. So for us personally, we have a very strict uh, intake sort of ideal client. So about $2 million and above in revenue. There can't be any personal like sole proprietor companies. And the idea of the company is that it's either in, in a high growth stage where they want to have us build and then help hire internally as we scale off, or we're there and we are you know, that full-time finance team for less than the price of a full-time hire. And that mantra sticks with them for as long as they need us. 
which translates into accountants that want to kind of settle into that kind of group. And we tend to attract bookkeepers and accounts payable and payroll people that are more on the sort of uh, higher end of their in, like their their learning cycles and like where they're at in their career. So not necessarily age, but in in skill level. So very skilled people, and they're they're wanting to work with more complex clients. So we tend to have a reputation of working with really complex clients in the zero ecosystem. All right. So that makes sense in like how you fell in love with automation or needed to, because right. I think clients start to get that big. These high growth companies, they have to create processes. They have to automate themselves. Not like a lot of people think about automating stuff in their own firm, but you're doing it for clients. Yeah. A good example um, is there is a, um, not like the Airbnb of, but, but, but a, a rental uh, agency that deals with hundreds of, of rentals. They use Guesty, but Guesty's integration with QuickBooks and with Zero is the Zapier. That's all they do. So they say, here's a, here's a Zapier connection. And that is fantastic for people that want to build, but if you're not really, you know, comfortable with APIs or working with Zapier, you're kind of not able to to do what you need to do. So we showed them how we would use the API to do full trust accounting, to do payouts to their vendors, to have revenue recognition built in. We kind of phased it out, and we'll be working with them on building that application from scratch. Oh, nice. Gives a good example. So how's your team held up over the last few years, Chad? Like what what Yeah, like, I think we're not we're not uh, immune to everything that most firms have experienced. Um you would think that a fully remote team might have a, a, a tougher time with the connection piece, but I think you'll find, you know, as as you speak to a lot of companies that have a strong culture, it is really about supporting each other and having people in support roles to coach. So one of the things that we've done a lot differently over the last two years is introduce the idea of career coaching and professional coaching from uh, my business partner, Josh. So he learned how to do that work, worked with a lot of different coaches, and now his full-time job is to work with our team members developing career plans and listening and making sure that we're connecting the dots between their needs and feelings and what the company's growing. And he can tie all of that back to the vision and to what we're working on. I feel like that's been the sort of golden goose moment for us where it just kind of comes together. Wow. I, I, so that bear is just emphasizing that your partner, who you started this firm with, he spends all his time mm -hmm. coaching. Yes. He's not doing client work. He's just coaching the... How many team members is it? 100 110 or so. 110. Yeah. 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 And I could see how that could totally be a full time. <laughs> oh, wait, I, I miss this. You have 100, your team is 110. It's not 110 clients. No, no, team, team. Yeah. Wow. All, yeah. all based in Canada. Wow, wow. Right now. Yeah. So we serve uh, mostly Canadians. And if there's American companies that are looking for a firm that they are most likely working with in America that's virtual and tacky and, and works, they, they tend to find that with us if they're of a certain size. So we've been able to work with the likes of, you know, like Magic Spoon and Voxer and Substack and all these clients that are coming up to, the, up to Canada. So what's your favorite automation that you or your team <laughs> has built? <laughs> uh, and it could be one for a client, it could be personal, like just something cool you made. Okay, so... Uh, 
there's lots to choose from. And then David's laughing because I know he's he's big into automations uh, with what he's building with his accounting conferences stuff. That's really nice. Um, You're talking about accountingconferences.com where you can learn about all <laughs> Great of the conferences, accounting conferences like Zero <laughs> That's right. Um, favorite one, I'll keep it short. Uh, there was a customer who places developers inside of Fortune 500 companies. And they had a huge list of developers. They would place them. They needed to mark up their hours and invoices and then send them off. So very manual without a system. But they had to have approvals. They had to have different contracts. They had to have different reporting. They had to integrate their sales system. So V1 of this was we built it all out in Airtable so that when clients and customers, sorry, when uh, consultants needed to submit their invoice, it was in structured data format plus an attachment. That would then validate against a contract and it either either was plus or minus whether true or false if they could pass go if it if it validated against the contract terms then it would create an invoice to the person based on the contract terms and and net payment items it would create the zero invoice for the consultant and then use the due dates according to their own consultant contracts this is getting boring. I'm sorry. Well, no. So you're you're creating you're creating the so that your client is placing the the developers. Yeah. And so they have to bill their time through to the end. That's client. right. And so you're automating the creation of the the bill to your client from the developer. That's and right. And the invoice to the the client the customer. Client. Yeah. <laughs> so, customer. so consultant invoices vendor bills go into zero. Yeah. All verbatim, based on the structured data, or yeah. after an approval or modification was made. Then, because it uh, creates a bill, yeah. you might think, okay, it's one to one. But we actually built it in Airtable to say, okay, gather up all of the outstanding invoices for this contract, then create the bill, then make sure that those line items are in the zero invoice and move on. That worked for about six or eight months, but it just got too big. They were doing thousands of things and there was just too many Airtable users. And you know what it's like when it gets pretty complex. So we moved that over to Bubble and we created our own app for them. And they saw how great it was working in a jangled together situation. So then we put it into bubble, you know, unlimited users, full create, you know, custom customizing item or app building. And now they're able to do like five phases more than what they could have done in Airtable. And this has been about a year, year and a half. And that was our very first automation project. And that's been kind of cool. That's amazing. You, you basically built this app. In Bubble, no, it's a no-code right. app uh, builder, and they they run their business on it. Too. They do, and the good thing is, is, if we meet customers in the future that need uh-huh. to take in a consultant invoice, mark it up, and move on, we have the logic, the shell, the users, the database. You can do to it again. Be able to attach it to them as well. Wow. I guess if it gets sophisticated enough, I mean, do you own the IP on the app that's right. that built? So you that's can right. you package it up and sell it. Yeah, that's right. What about you? I have to ask you, you, in terms of your automations, what are you most happy with? What saves you the most time? David Leary's favorite automation. Yeah, favorite automation. I, it sounds dumb, but I've just, I'm connecting a lot of things. I have a task manager called OctiFlow, A-K-I-F-L-O-W, and I just, if Blake assigns a task to me in Notion or some other tool, or uh, somebody ta- uh, sends me a direct message in Slack, I can just, in every, all my, basically all my inbound tasks just get put into that app. So I don't have to let, everything I have to do is just in one app now, but it's all, so it's small little integrations all over. That's what I'm doing right now. But I'm typically, my stack would be, you have Airtable, Process Street, Zapier, and the three of those together is really, I think Blake the other day referred to Process Street as an API for humans. 
Yeah, you can, you can program humans with process street. It's kind of interesting way to think about it. Yeah, and my, my favorite's just one I did recently, which is very simple, uh, is weekly reporting for our team. So like for me to get David to do a weekly report. <laughs> Look at David <laughs> laughing at you. He's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, wax on, wax off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I got created so, this because of me. That's I, <laughs> I'm basically programming David Leary through Process Street. So I created a weekly process, a weekly workflow that has uh, some fields in it. You know, what'd you do last week? What are you going to do this week? And what are you stuck on? That's like my format. And you send that to David. I, everyone has to do one okay. at, at, at our company. Um, <laughs> does, and he, David, does he fill it out? David specifically gets an extra one. Uh, <laughs> so, so they get a reminder. The team gets a reminder to go in and fill out your form. And when you check off the task, it... It uh, through Zapier, posts it into our Google chat space. Yes. You know, and it's just an easy way to automate me having to like follow up with people and ask them, "Hey, you didn't submit your report. It's not in the right format. Please do it right next time." Now it's it's just all exactly the way my maniacal uh, dictator like <laughs> brain wants it. That's <laughs> so great. If you like control, <laughs> auto- automation is actually a great control freak. It is a passion. If it doesn't break. If it doesn't break. Yeah. It, you, so you got to be, you, you like being in control, but you can't get frustrated because it's going to break all the time. I mean, not all the time, but a lot of the time. All right. So Chad, if people are loving this automation talk and they want more <laughs> of it, how do they find your podcast to talk about automation? And then how do people get a hold of you just in general? Find me on all the socials. I'm David Leary. And you can find me <laughs> on all the Twitters and LinkedIn. I'm Blake T. Oliver. <laughs> Obviously your listener. <laughs> Uh, automation show is all one word and automation town sorry we do have a a radio show inside of the podcast called automation show which is another story uh little 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 soap operation it's kind of where we're taking the next little bit of it but it's called automation town all one word it's on every podcast player um using the same system you're using uh transistor we love that and uh the company's name is live ca llp live ca.ca up in canada and uh, we're always looking for good people that uh, want to work with more complex clients. Chad, great talking to you. Thanks. Amazing. Amazing.